Hey, welcome to the Path Controller Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan, and in this week's episode, episode 128, myself and Mike sit down and chat about the latest in video games and nerd culture. But before we get into that, a few housekeeping things. This episode of the Path Controller Podcast is sponsored by our good friends at Goodnight Fatty. More on that later. You can also find us, as always, on the internet at pastthecontroller.io, on Twitter and on Instagram at pastcontroller, and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash pastcontroller. Navi is biting my hand right now as I'm doing this. Um, you can support the show by sharing us on social media or leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. You can also join our Patreon at patreon.com slash pastthecontroller, or buy something from our shop at pastcontroller.threadless.com. And enjoy this week's episode of the Pass Control Podcast, episode 128. Mike, if anything has changed over the past two weeks, mm-hmm. it has been the simple fact that I'm making a very concerted effort to be healthier that's dumb it is dumb three different times this week i've had for breakfast an acai bowl do you even know what that is sounds like you threw up in your mouth just now (laughs) i didn't know what it was either i knew what acai was uh but it's like it's it's actually it's delicious like you should you should just try one out sometime do you like fruit? Like, do you like? Would you eat fruit? No. Oh, okay. All right. But it's delicious, and I like it's. It's weird to put, since I normally eat like shit. It's weird to put healthy things in my body, because like the other day when I ate it for the first time, like Jen got one, and I was like, let me just try it. I don't want to. I don't want to order that. I'm gonna get my fucking turkey, turkey sausage and cheese fucking breakfast sandwich while you get your healthy thing. Uh. And. I took a bite of it, and I was like, all right, I'll have a couple more bites of that, and I did, and I mean, granted, I'm also just being silly, but for some reason, I just started dancing. I feel, I, I have more energy. It's weird. To feel, to put all these good nutrients in your body, I feel healthier. I feel happier. What happened to you, man? I don't know. Like You didn't used to be cool, but you used to be something else. <laughs> um, Jen just texted me and said, is this the guy Ariana Grande freaked out on? And didn't send anything else, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that she is supposed to be. Freaked out on somebody? Am I missing the Grammys right now? Uh, oh yeah, the Grammys are today. I don't fucking care. Yeah, I'm not really. Grammys or whatever. I think a bunch of artists that I care about too boycotted playing the Grammys too. So. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's a bunch of hubble hullabaloo hullabaloo You got there. Congratulations. Is it an actual word or is it like a made up word? I mean, I think it's a a thing people say. Like hootenanny. Hootenanny is a word, I suppose. Yeah, but I think if you were to like look at the dictionary, hootenanny would be there. Would hullabaloo be there? Maybe. Let's find out. Oh, that wasn't meant for me. God damn it. <laughs> um, but anyways, so I've been eating healthier, trying to get healthier, just trying to be better about certain things in my life. Um, you know, health scares... Health scares do that to you. Hullabaloo, a commotion, a fuss. Is it is it like a fake dictionary or is it like Merriam-Webster's? That's how it came up for me. I'll take it. I'm down with that. Um, so, there's been some big things. Informal. <laughs> I, just, I was like looking at like the synonyms. It's like uh, informal, rumpus, ruction. Hoo-ha, to-do, kerfuffle, carry-on, a row. Kerfuffle is one of my favorite words that I do not use enough. Yeah, I do like using kerfuffle. Uh, it's an actual fantastic word. Like, Bruhaha is also one. Also a fantastic word that I don't use enough. Like Hurly-burly. I guess that's also a thing. That sounds like something that we made up. It sound, A lot of those sound like uh, old-timey British sayings. So that all kind of checks out for me um yeah that sounds about right um okay let's paste those in there sorry i was getting the patreon questions set up for later mm-hmm. uh so basically um 
this is a little bonus episode making up for last week's time so we're gonna kind of talk about a few different thingies and then we're gonna move along and you know go about our day um so one of the things that happened over the time that we were off mm-hmm. was that the Wii's eShop closed. Right. Virtual consoles closed, eShop is closed. You're aware of this, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Now, this has sparked some debate on the internet, and it has ruffled my feathers in a few different ways. There's a big hullabaloo. <laughs> it's a kerfuffle, if I may. Okay. Um, there was another word last week that I felt like I used a lot, and I'm like, that's a good word that I need to use more. Fuck. Uh, hoodwinked. Hoodwinked is good. It is a good word. Um, so, with the shop closing, the probably the biggest thing to come out of it was a debate that I do think deserves a lot of attention and doesn't really get talked about enough in the right places. And it's the preservation of games. The Wii had the Virtual Console, which was probably, besides illegal ROMs on your computer, the best collection of older games made available to you. Um, A lot of stuff that, you know, didn't release in America, a lot of stuff that's very hard to find, a lot of stuff that, you know, unless you have these old consoles and old games, you just can't play because they don't get re-released. And I get that, and that's important, 100%. The preservation of games is important. Games are a weird media because certain things, like when you look at like a movie or a song, Granted, when you're taking something from like a record or like an old CD or a DVD or a VHS, there's definitely some things that people have to go through, I'm sure, to get that onto current media, like Blu-ray disc or digitally or whatever they're doing. But regardless of the how they get it from the old source to the new source, the way you take it in stays the same like you play a song you're just pressing play and listening to it you watch a movie you're just pressing play and watching it but a game has all of these other characteristics like inputs and for certain things the the way the game is played that's not necessarily true for things that are a little bit older but at some point we'll be looking back 10 years from now and say like hey I want to play Wii Sports or Skyward Sword for some reason and you can't unless you have a Wii because of the input because of the motion controls granted that's a problem that we haven't really run into yet there have there are people that bring that up when this conversation gets brought up but when we're talking just more about older games the inputs don't necessarily create too much of a worry just yet because they pretty much all get controlled by D-pads and buttons. Right. Unless you're trying to play Duck Hunt, in which case you're fucked. Well, there you go. Exactly. That's a that's a good example. I didn't even think of that. Or something obs- more obscure like NES Track and Field, which had a mat you would put on the floor, and you had to run on it and then jump and stuff. Yeah. Wow. I did have that as a child. Because it came with... We had... I don't know how it was purchased because I was very young, but... It came, it was the zapper, it was the track and field mat, and it was one cartridge that had Mario, Duck Hunt, and track and field. Hmm. I don't know if that was all sold together or if it came bundled with an NES. I have no idea. I just know that at some point we had that. And what we used to do would be, we would, because who's running? We Not would, you. We would get on our knees and we would, like, smack our hands on the mat like they were our feet right and then we'd let them up so we could jump really far Mm -hmm. and then slam them back down but somehow the game definitely knew if you were doing that because you'd fall every time yeah i'm i'm sure you know mr iwata and miyamoto are like you know these fucking fat ass american kids they're not gonna really do this shit we should probably train for them to do this 
I mean, I don't know. I don't know if the, the Dragonfield thing was like specifically made for the U.S. market, but Duck Hunt 100% was was created mostly for the U.S. market. We love our guns. They, when they were in a when they were trying to plan out how to pitch the NES to Americans, it was Americans love guns. <laughs> guns. They also love laughing dogs. They were wrong about that other thing. Laughing the dogs. guns or the laughing dogs? The laughing dogs thing. We're not cool about that. No one wants a dog who's like an asshole. I mean, was he an asshole or was he just like... He was an asshole. Yeah, he's kind of an asshole. I really wish I liked him. I really wish I was better with him in Smash because he was always a character I wanted to get good with in Smash. Because he's, he's like an asshole. Is one of his taunts the laugh? I think one of his taunts almost looks like it, but like it's not a great representation of it, did you? <laughs> I did see that. Um, I, I think you're right. I think it probably fell in the same category as Sonic's You're Too Slow. It would have yeah. just been used for griefing. Um, I really don't like, unless I'm remembering incorrectly, in Smash 4 in Brawl, if you played online against someone, you were allowed to taunt twice yeah. during the match. You cannot taunt. No more taunting. This. Can we taunt it for playing in a private room, though? I think if we're playing in a private, private room, room, you can, but just not all. Okay. Which is kind of unfortunate, because, like, if I if I stun on you, I want to let you know, like, I, I, I'm going to fucking, if I'm too linked, I'm going to fucking play my fucking, you know, my, uh... I just like going... My baton. Or whatever it is. Game yeah, yeah, does. you know. Maybe even one. Just give us one. You know what I mean? Like, I want to feel... I want to, like, instead now, like, people still taunt, it's just become teabagging. Yeah. yeah. And that's not, that's not pleasant to look at Yeah, at all. exactly. Like, give me, I want to see something cheerful. I want to see, you like... Give, you give me this D-pad with three amazing options, and you're like, don't use this when you're playing online. Yeah. It's yeah. silliness. Though, there was, I, I think it got introduced in 4, I don't remember if it was in Brawl or not, but there was, like, the option to put in, like, to tie to your taunts, like... Text? Oh, yeah. I haven't apparently looked at this part, but there is a way to, after the match, yes. you can, like, put up a text bubble. Yeah. I know I... I don't know how to do I remember that. I set it up by, like, accident, because I was, like, clicking around yeah. the first time I had it, but I didn't put anything special in there, and I, I don't know how, how to actually... Yeah, I don't know how to trigger it. I don't really care to trigger it, but someone did it to me the other day when they won, and they knew they shouldn't have beat me, because they backed out of the match and did not rematch me. They knew they got away with a fucking win. Like, I hate, I, oh, it's like, it's, whenever, whenever I lose to some bullshit and the other person knows that they shouldn't have won the match, they quit fucking right away. Fucking right away. They don't want that rematch. It's like, hey, listen, I just got some easy GSP. I'm out of here. Um, but to get back on track to the, the conversation at hand about video game preservation, it is 100% like a super important thing that really doesn't have any focus. No one really talks about it. There are a few organizations and there are a few like smaller groups of th of people that are actively trying to address it and try to preserve things and and stuff like that. But when you think about it, like there's a lot of games that aren't getting that attention or aren't getting that that service and with the way the games industry is Besides the things that might be limited to inputs, like something that needs a peripheral or something that needs whatever, a certain type of thing, there's also games that, like in more current days, have online services connected to them, and they can't be played without that. And when those services shut down, though the ability to play certain games disappears. I don't know how you rectify that. I don't know if it's like libraries but for games that are allowed to have like a private server running or something i don't know what the fix is for that but it's something that somebody needs to figure out sooner rather than later because some of these games that will disappear um and then there's also you know the things with like licensing issues if it's a game like you know tony hawk that has licensed music in it they could never re-release that game because they'd have to also renew the licensing for all the songs. Mm -hmm. So if you were ever holding out for like Tony Hawk collection with like the first three games, it's probably never going to happen because the money they'd have to spend to get the songs w probably wouldn't make sense. Or if they decided to take the songs out, they'd have to go in and do that. And 
it's not really preserving like the true form of the game it's also you know gonna take time and work to do that i don't know how much time work it does takes to swap out a song but it's it's just a it puts games in a weird space we all want that crazy taxi remaster but we're just not getting it mike the night that we you watched those videos and the crazy taxi video so to, to give you some backstory here mike and i were watching just if you we were watching digital gaming videos right yes I, I enjoy those videos a lot. Me and Mike were watching a few of them. If you're not familiar, just go check them out on YouTube. They do a lot of really cool videos, like breaking down like specific games or series, or you know, like we watch one on Sakurai. There's like really cool stuff out there, so definitely check them out. Um, but we were watching some, and for some reason, we got on the topic of Crazy Taxi. I don't know if it got referenced in because we did watch a Dreamcast one, I think. Uh, I think the way it shook out was at some point we must have been talking. I don't know if we were talking about Crazy Taxi first or The Offspring first. We were talking about <laughs> one of the two. One of the two. Um. So yeah. Regardless, we ended up was like, oh, I was like, they must have a video on this game. I mean, they didn't, but we thought they did. And when I typed it into the YouTube search, a video popped up that looked like it was made by them on purpose. But I didn't look at the author of the video because I just like, oh, perfect, it's right here. And we clicked on it, and it was somebody who di- was doing the same style of video to look that way. And like 20 seconds into the video, it's like th- the format of the videos is like, did you know? And they'll like say a fact. And like, you know, there's obviously like things going on visually to accompany it. And, you know, not every time they say a fact, but once in a while they'll, all, they'll just say it again. Like, did you know? And then they'll say another fact. And it was like, <laughs> It was like, it's what sounded like the first few things were actual facts, and then it was like, did you know the creator of this game fucking killed himself because he got hit by a tele... I don't know, it just, it went fucking bonkers. Yeah, I think we had, he said the first thing, and then we took it at face value, but then laughed at it, and we didn't hear him say the second thing, which was more clearly a bold-faced lie. Yep. And then we heard the third thing, which was even more of a lie. We're like, wait a minute. Bring this shit back because we clearly missed the memo. Yeah. Oh, it was a good time. That was a fucking... We got, hood, you know, we got hoodwinked. The creator of the game was inspired by his grandfather who was hit by a taxi. That's what it was. And then it was like, did you know taxes are still around today? Wait a minute, what? Um, oh, man. That fucking... That got us good. Yeah. But back to the matter at hand. And it's... All of this conversation about video game preservation is important, and somebody needs to start figuring it out for sure. Right, you congressman, guys. But what was not upsetting me, but the stuff that was ticking me off, and because I'm not this type of person online, I refrained from like tweeting at people about it that were like clearly just, in my opinion, wrong about what was going on. But a lot of people were basically saying, this is, you know, preposterous that Nintendo is closing down this shop. It's not fair. They clearly don't care about preserving their games. This, that, the other thing, all this stuff. It's Nintendo's responsibility. And the thing I wanted to ask you, Mike, is... Is it Nintendo's responsibility to keep a service for a console that's two generations ago? The Wii came out in, like, 2007? 2006, 2007? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We were still in high school. I think we were seniors. The Wii U? A Wii. The Wii. The Wii, the Wii. Wii came out in two, 20, yeah, 26, yeah. 2006. I forgot how we do <laughs> years now. I'm I'm like, I'm fucking getting ready to say 2020. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, we're going to do it now. But yeah, 2006. 2006. Okay, so that's, I mean, this is an old console. Mm-hmm. And we've since then had the Wii U, and now we're on to the Switch. Right. And... People are saying this is a bad thing. This is a this is not Nintendo shouldn't be doing this, and that they don't care about preserving this stuff. I disagree for a few different reasons. But before I get into it, how do you feel about that? Do you think this is Nintendo's responsibility to keep this old service going? Um, it would be nice. They it would definitely be nice. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. They don't have to do it. I'm sure it's not bringing them much money. I'm sure it's no, actually costing them costing money to them keep them. it running. Because the, back then it was still free, right? 
it was free to use the service is free. free you have to buy the games you have to buy the games but like after the game is like there like it's it's yours and like, yeah so plus uh, i also not not to like cut you off but i don't know if nintendo has to renew licenses for like i don't know if they have to renew things for certain mm-hmm. games on there i don't know how that works oh, i have no idea either. so that could also be just a hidden cost and again at the end of the day nintendo's a business and they're not a museum mm-hmm. which maybe that's not what you want to hear again in an ideal world any game you want to play you can should be able to have access to it buy it whatever yeah. that's not the case uh yeah so it'd be nice they i mean in terms of like other not as comparable services like for instance uh like apple probably supports devices and like operating systems for like a few years i think the iphone 6 or 6s probably you could probably still get updates onto that phone yeah so like and that phone is what uh, five years old six years old know. at this point i don't even know yeah so it would be it was 6s it would have to be we're on the 10 right we're on the 10s right now yes so it would it would be 7 7s 8 8s we didn't have a 9 no 9 it was just 10 so 10 so 6 about 6 years okay yeah um yeah so like you know most companies don't support these things indefinitely so yeah. nintendo did a good thing by leaving it up as running running as long as it did mm-hmm. and then giving everyone a heads up like listen we're shutting this shit down mm-hmm. like get your ducks in a row here and and not only that it's like Nintendo also, I think it was last March, so a year ago, 13 months ago, they stopped giving you the ability to add currency. Like, you couldn't buy more currency. Mm -hmm. Then it was another full year before you couldn't download anything anymore. So, if you really cared about what you had access to... They gave you ample time to to get it, to download it all, to do what you needed to do. Um, I don't necessarily think it's their responsibility to keep something that's so old up and running. And again, it was probably just costing them money. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like they just said, hey, we're stopping this tomorrow. It's like, hey, we're stopping this in a year. Like, figure your shit out. And really, it... it it ended two weeks ago, I think, on a Thursday. I didn't hear anybody fucking talk about this up until, like, three weeks ago. Like, yeah. nobody was fucking talking about the Wii Shop closing. Um, it was a fantastic service. We've never seen a service like that again. For a good reason. Well, not a good reason, but but the reason being is clearly there was a need and want in a market for people wanting to play and buy those old games. So what have we seen a bigger focus on since the Virtual Console is Nintendo's putting out the NES Classic and the Super Nintendo Classic. Capcom has put out four Mega Man collections in the past two years, three years. Um, You get the SNK 40th edition collection came out last year. You have things like the Sega Genesis collection has come out this year or last year, and they do the Sega Ages uh, series of games, which is like the old games, but they add some, like, quality of life features. Like, I just downloaded Fantasy Star, uh, the Sega Ages version on my Switch. And what that basically does is you can play the original game, but they've also added tweaks to make it, like, a more enjoyable experience for modern gaming. Um, so companies know that they can make money off of the nostalgia, so why would they give all of their games to a service that isn't owned by them? I mean, that makes sense from a business standpoint, right? Yeah, I suppose. So my guess is that's part of the reason why you'll probably never see a virtual console again. It unless unless Xbox or PlayStation or Nintendo tried to make a Netflix type service mm-hmm. for their platform. Um where it was like they have games that come in and out. I mean I guess Game Pass is that. But Microsoft themselves don't have any old, older games. 
but they could work with someone like Capcom and say, hey, we we just got an exclusive deal with Capcom to have like this suite of Capcom games, retro games or whatever. But is there is there money value in that? I don't know, because that's what it ultimately boiled down to. And I'm, what I'm assuming. But I to, to rein in a little bit more, I don't necessarily think that they're that it's Nintendo's responsibility to keep that service up as old as it is and to provide this this museum type service for all of these games that aren't even theirs. Nintendo's good about preserving their old games in a sense that they're good about selling it back to you every generation. Yep. Whether it's the NES Classic or the NES Online stuff on the Switch or whatever they may be. They're good about repackaging their games and giving them to you and giving you a way to play it on their current platforms. Now that I think about it, Nintendo and Disney are very much alike. Disney oh, yes. breaks out something from the Disney vault to like, here you yeah. go, here's Bambi again. I mean, that is what it is. Back in the Game Boy Advance days, I was fucking thrilled when they did the, I can't remember if it was called the Classic Series or like the, it might have just been called like NES Selects or something, but they, they just re-released each of those games separately for like, 30 bucks like mario brothers one for 30 dollars and i bought it maybe it wasn't 30 bucks but it was definitely at least like 20 or 25 um and i mean it, it, it people buy it that's why they keep doing it why would they would never bring the virtual console back the closest we'll ever get to a virtual console is what nintendo's doing right now which is their games on their platform tied to a paid service you pay for every month i think that the games you get, like I think that that additional part of the online service for the Switch is fantastic. I barely touch those games. I haven't touched them. You know what I mean? I honestly barely use the internet for anything other than playing Smash because I don't really play Mario Kart 8 anymore and I really don't play Splatoon anymore. I like having the ability to play that and I like having the ability to play Fortnite. But I honestly, no, Fortnite, Fortnite you, can play, you can play without it. Yeah, so it's like people will pay for it. Nintendo knows that. Um, but I think it's just an it's an interesting discussion and I think it's one that doesn't happen enough in depth just across the industry in general that the preservation of games is important and it's not a focus and if you look at the current generation of games and where we're at here there's the arcade, ar the arcade archives collection which I feel like they put out like five games on the Switch every week a lot of those games are like SNK games or arcade games and stuff like that. The PS4, again, I apologize if I'm incorrect, since I'm not like super into the Sony ecosystem, but from what I can understand, the games you can play from PS1, PS2, PS3 on your PS4 are very limited. There's not a lot of them. It's not a lot. As a matter of fact, I just got an email the other day from them. They are not doing. They're not tying. They're not doing Vita or PS3 games on. On the, PS, Plus PS Plus anymore. anymore. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Um. Microsoft right now, I think, is the platform doing it the best as far as trying to preserve their back catalog. If you look at the list of games from Xbox and Xbox 360 that you can play on your Xbox One, it's fucking ginormous. And they add to it, I don't think it's every week, but every month at least they're adding stuff to it. Um, and it's not just Microsoft published games. It's plenty of games. So I, I have high hopes for the Microsoft side of things, what they're going to continue to do with preserving their own catalog of games. Nintendo, I think, will continue to do it with their own legacy games. It will just come at a premium. But I I come to expect that from Nintendo, and I think everyone should. I don't think you should be surprised if you have to pay for, you know, a Super Nintendo or, or NES game again because they've been doing it forever, and we continue to buy them. Um, I think PlayStation was doing a better job in the PS3 era as far as, like, I feel like there were a lot of PS1 classics and a lot of, maybe not PS2 games, but I feel like there were a lot of PS1 games you could download on the PS3 that you cannot play. I think the play. PS3 itself was, like, the first generation was backwards compatible to begin with. The, the, there was a... There was a... There was a version of it that was backwards compatible. That was compatible, backwards compatible and, then and, then it, and then I stopped making it, yes. 
because um, I do have, my PS3 that I have is is one of those. It can be I think it's I think those ones are actually worth money, like that a decent amount of money because they can play backwards compatible. Um, it, it's just a weird space as, as as we move towards a more digital future. I think we'll see more games get preserved that way on platforms, but again, it gets it gets different when it's you know all of these different publishers and developers and you know look at games that have you look at something like GoldenEye for the N64 that developer Rare is now owned by Microsoft which makes things confusing but Microsoft and Rare also don't own the GoldenEye license so that makes it even more confusing if they ever wanted to bring that game back because they don't own the rights to it and no one owns Pierce Brosnan's face that's also true um, so you look at situations like that where they'd have to get go through all of these legal things to bring the game back. Would that ever monetarily make sense? Probably not. So there's a lot of confusing things that get woven into this discussion. I just think, again, that it's a discussion no one, not a lot of people are having, and it's not being magnified. Um and when I saw all the 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 hubble, hullab- why can't I say that word? You pick one of the fucking synonyms. What was the one you said earlier? Hoobastank? That was a band. I didn't say that. <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, what was it? Like not racket. There was one that I really liked. Rigmarole. Rigmarole is not one that I said. Uh, brouhaha. Brouhaha. But there was another one too. Uh, kerfuffle. Kerfuffle. That's kerfuffle a good one. Was the one. Uh, th- there's just. When I saw the stuff being, and it was a lot of stuff being cast at directly at Nintendo, I just don't think that it's their sole responsibility that I think this is a discussion that should honestly probably just happen amongst like as many gaming heads as possible to come to like a, hey, even if it's a non-profit thing, like let's just decide to make some sort of thing that can preserve stuff. And, you know, whether it's like, the National Video Game Museum that they put the focus on and when it comes to like for archival purposes they are choosing to not like oh because it's for like historic whatever we're not going to charge a licensing fee to put this in here or something you know what I mean mm. <clears throat> I'm sure that exists with like other did I not bring a second bucket? second water I'm sure that type of thing must exist in other forms of media when they're trying to preserve certain stuff yeah, maybe I don't know Picturing like fucking Indiana Jones here. This belongs in a museum. I mean, it does. Like, you gotta, like, video games are such a new medium compared to everything else. Compared to books, compared to music, compared to movies. Video games are still so new. And I feel like in a lot of cases, they don't get taken seriously. Um, They don't get taken into consideration as forms of storytelling or art or expression. They just kind of get written off as, you know, something meaningless. And I don't think that's a fair thing because it's the same thing as, you know, there are movies and music and books that try to tell something important or do all of these things. But then there's also things that aren't meant for that and they're just meant for your enjoyment. And that's okay too. But for some reason, the, the light that gets cast on people... The life that gets cast on video games by people who are disassociated with it is seemingly always negative and not ever like a positive light. Reminds me of a tweet I was going to tweet out. <coughs> Apologize, my throat. I have a, got a, got a little cough in there. Got a little cough there. Um, this is the most I've talked in, in a week. So th- that's an important conversation that I just feel like isn't really happening. And, uh, the Wii, the Wii shop closing kind of just piqued that as a, as a discussion I wanted to have. Um, but moving on to some other things that are going on. Apex Legends, Mike, dropped kind of out of nowhere, purposefully. Um, the developers, Respawn, and EA, the publisher, wanted to... EA has this stigma, no matter what it is. 
people have something bad to say about EA. EA always puts a bad taste in people's mouth, regardless of whether the situation is actually good or bad. I I forget which one of them said it, but recently, in this past week, one of them, either Respawn or EA, came out and said that part of the reason why they didn't promote the game, they just dropped it on a Monday, was because they didn't want anyone... They just didn't want it, like, they didn't want there to be this buildup of bad press. There was just like, let's just put it out there and let people play it and let it go from there. There were people that knew about it, like some of the bigger gaming outlets obviously had played it, and they did a lot of stuff with independent content creators. They had a lot of streamers playing it beforehand. Um, So that that way there was like some base of people that were able to talk about it once Monday hit. But... Some people roll their eyes. Another battle royale. You know, you look at a uh, a developer like Respawn, who's known for some really good games. Uh, most recently, Titanfall, Titanfall Two, and people are kind of sad that this isn't Titanfall Three, and that it's a battle royale. But I know you got to pr- play it briefly. I've I've sunk a little bit. Again, I haven't had much time with stuff going on in my personal life, um, but for the brief amounts of time that I've been able to play, I'm actually really enjoying what they've decided to do with Battle Royale. Mm-hmm. I think it's an interesting take. I think it's very different. As different as it can be from some of the other big guys out there, like PUBG, Fortnite, and uh, Call of Duty Blackout, where it introduces what most people are like attributing like Overwatch meets Battle Royale, mm-hmm. because it's class based not really class based but hero based where you can't pick duplicates and everyone has different abilities and stuff like that uh so how do you how are you feeling about your brief time with it it was interesting is this something you think you'd hop into more or uh probably i would like there to be more characters that's about it i think over time there will be there'll, there'll be there will be but yeah. like it's a very limited roster and like two of the characters off the bat like you just don't have them yeah and I think that's just a, uh, it, that's like a, I don't know how, so there's three different types of currency in the game. Yes. One of them you earn, two of them I think you can earn in the game, and one of them is like if you, you buy. paid real money. You can unlock those characters with the, the real money or the one of the in-game monies. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to get all, I, I don't know how to fa- like get that. I don't know if it's from winning matches or what. Yeah, I, I read... I read a few things about it, and by read, I mean I started to read, and I'm like, this is actually a lot longer than I anticipated, <laughs> and I just started skimming. But yes, I was aware that there's three types of currency. I knew that you had to, one of them requires, like, real human dollar dues. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I didn't get exactly how you're supposed to get it. Because it sounds like, eh, here's one thing in its favor. I don't think you actually get duplicates in your... Oh, really? It, there's some weird way that their loot boxes work where, like, it actually, at least at face value, I'm like, okay, that, that's nice at least. Like, you're guaranteed, like, I mean, but at a certain point, like, you will legitimately... Just not get anything. You won't, won't get anything because you would have gotten everything. I mean, I briefly looked through the unlockables. There is a shit ton of things to unlock, like, a mm. lot. So it would probably take a while oh, to get there. Oh, you know there. what the problem was? I think at a certain point you stop getting the loot boxes, period. I think that's... I, I'm speaking on my ass, probably, but I think at a certain point, like, I think you get them every time you level up up until level 100, I think oh. is what happens. But you must also still get certain currencies, because I think you can choose to buy stuff Yeah. with just the currency, like you can with Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I haven't really dove, in, dove into some of that stuff yet, because for right now, again... I've just been away, so I haven't been able to really get into sink my teeth into certain stuff. But speaking just on the game itself, I think it does a really a lot of really cool things. Obviously, it's very different in the fact that it is this hero based, you know, take on it where everyone has different abilities and stuff like that. One of the things that I kind of love is when natively when you go to drop out of the out of the ship. All your team, your team of three, is always together. You can obviously choose to break off from that. Mm-hmm. But I, I just I kind of like that because I feel like, at least in my experience, there are certain people that I do play 
like Fortnite or, you know, when I did play PUBG or Call of Duty, there are certain people that I play with, Todd, and a few others, that no matter what, even if we are, like, choosing, let's, oh, let's all drop at Loot Lake. Like, they they just decide to drop very far away from everyone else, and it almost always results in that person dying yeah. off the bat. Granted, this isn't like a automatically no one's going to die, but if we're all in this cluster and we stay together, at least at the beginning, it's a little bit harder for another team to just show up and fucking bamboozle us. Um, Unless you're Todd, who managed to find a way to split, not only jump away from us when someone someone else is jump master, but to split us up when he is jump master. That was the funniest thing. I actually should clip that out because it's fucking great. So last night, me, Mike, and Todd were were playing uh, Apex Legends, and for a little while we were like, let's just drop on that little extra ship that shows up. Let's just go for that and just have you know see what happens. Todd was the jump master, and if you haven't played Apex Legends, just like we were explaining, if you drop to one person is like, they pick when to drop and where to control, and that person's in charge, you can choose to break off, but you don't have to. So Todd was the jump master, and he was guiding us to that thing, and there was like this like satellite antenna type thing. I don't know, there was a big structure that Todd, controlling all three of us, flew directly into, it hit Mike, and in doing that, it like made Mike fall. Yeah. Right? Did you fall straight down or um it, I think it just I forget exactly how it went, but like it just it disconnected it, me from from, from us. From yeah. the group. So it like pushed Mike off. Me and Todd land on the plane. Todd jumps off and then I get fucking bamboozled and mm-hmm. I fall off the plane in a non play like it was like off the map. So I was like I wasn't savable. My Mike was completely somewhere else yeah. and Todd was like, Oh I jumped off the plane. Like it's fucking Todd. That I feel like that's that must be something that's broken. The thing that happened to you, I feel like. Because I landed in that same... Like, I think I landed in a similar era, and, like, I... There, I, there's I been a... slide f- off. Yeah, there's been a few other... I think what it boils down to is that it was, like, a... It was a spot on the map, because I've been in another spot where it did that, where there's no way to get up there without, I think, just from the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. So, theoretically, it would be, like, a... Like I died up there. There's no way for you to come up and save me. Yeah. So I think the I think the game just must. The game it is yeah. like saying you can't camp up there. Yeah. So or like if I, you do, you'll die. I I get it, but I feel like in that specific instance for you, it's like yeah, it was kind of shitty because I had, I couldn't get off of it, and yeah. it, it wasn't my fault. It was I I got down on the plane, and when I crawled off the plane, we happened to be flying over one of those spots. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty unfortunate. I should have just fucking stayed on the plane. Apparently. Yeah. Um. But I I do have a lot of hope. I think this game does a lot of things differently. It has the legs to, to do something here. Mm-hmm. I think the gameplay is good. Um, I think it's tight. I don't really have many issues with that. Um, it definitely has a learning curve. It's not... I'm, I'm trying, to, trying to think to the other Battle Royales. I mean, Fortnite obviously has a learning curve. Uh, especially with building and then PUBG at least PUBG on consoles the controls are very difficult the way that they're mapped to the controller so that has a deep like input learning curve Blackout in Call of Duty is probably the lowest barrier to entry as far as like learning what's going on because it kind of just functions as Call of Duty proper um so Apex definitely had like like when you played your first couple match was that the first time you played it with us the other yes. night? So I mean it definitely off the bat like doesn't really like you have to like we had to explain a lot of things. I mean when I played the first couple matches I don't know what the fuck I was doing and I'm like oh great I picked this character I don't know what their moves do so I had to just keep using their moves to figure out like Look how they it, functioned. Yeah. I think there is a like training mode area you can go into like mess around and like figure out what other people's things do. Um. But I think it has. I think it has its own personality. I think it definitely has has legs. As long as they don't bar a lot of things off by being paid. As I long think, as EA doesn't manage to screw yeah. this up. As long as they don't bar a lot of things off by being things you have to sink money into. I think I'll probably play this for a little while. I would actually love if they ported it to the Switch. It would be fucking perfect for me. 
Um, I'm not really mad that there's two characters that are locked between behind in-game currency and or real money, simply because the game is free. And Rainbow Six, another game that I really enjoyed, they add characters all the time, and they're they're the same way. You can unlock in-game currency that takes a long time to farm to buy them, or you can spend money. And I don't have all the characters in Rainbow Six because I'm not spending money, especially because it's a paid game. But I haven't like d- did a detailed dive into it. But at least there's been a few days. Uh, Apex is you know at tomorrow will be a week old. But there's been at least a few days where it has been ahead of Fortnite on Twitch, which is a big deal. Because I don't really know how many things can get past Fortnite. Yeah. At least consistently. Um, so that's that's huge for them. And they, I think it was, I want to say, I want to say they've already reached 10 million users, which is fucking phenomenal. And it's great for them. It's great for Respawn. And it's obviously great for EA to have you know, something that's working for them and not bogged down by so much negativity. Um, so they'll get that going for us. The other thing that I wanted to bring up that was kind of a big deal, Mike, is GDC, the Game develop- the game Developers Conference, is coming up soon. Mm-hmm. And one of the panels, one of the discussions that has been put on the internet is a Microsoft panel that is the future of this isn't the I, I I'm paraphrasing the title here but it's basically like the future of Xbox Live on iOS Android Nintendo Switch Xbox and PC mm-hmm. it doesn't really go into the minutiae or the details of what that all means but whatever it is gets my wheels turning in a really positive way. I don't know what you might think this is or if you've read stuff that, that are kind of pushing your opinions in a certain way. Have you looked into this at all or like formed a little your own bit, opinion? But everyone was basically like, what could this mean? Yeah. And they didn't offer much more than that. I'm like, well, if you guys are confused, so am I. Do you have an... I, do, you, do you think you might know what it could be or... Uh, who knows? Some sort of app on the Switch that's like, hey, you know, connect to this and... Is there... Is there something you would want it to be? Um, ideally, something like, oh, yeah, you can use this to connect to, like, party chat and then save me that extra hassle of using Nintendo's voice app. So I was also thinking that that might be what the purpose of it would be, would be to kind of do some of that work for Nintendo. But I recently just read an article that said that, I don't know if it already happened or if it's in the next update or something, but the the way that whatever allows Fortnite to bypass all that and allow you to just have voice chat on your Switch, mm-hmm. that's now being opened up to every game. Mm-hmm. So if that's true, theoretically, whenever that update rolls through, the next time we play Smash or Splatoon or Mario Kart, you should be able to hear other people talking through your Switch. Great. <coughs> Which is fantastic and much needed, and they need to do that. I really do think so. I apologize. I have to keep like I don't know why I can't like quench my thirst or something. All that healthy food you've been eating, probably. In Nintendo's had a lot of uh, investor meetings and discussions because it's the end of the fiscal year. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they've been dis- a lot of information has been disclosed because of these investor meetings. Right. And one of the things that. Uh, the current Nintendo president has said is that they have a big focus on providing better services and more services through their paid online subscription. So whatever that could mean, whether it means they're opening up the the games you get to like Super Nintendo and N64 or something, or whatever it may mean, there's probably stuff like that coming down the pipeline. There's probably, you know, this this realizing, hey, we can't, we need to fix certain things and not fuck this up and keep this as a growing platform. Let's open up voice chat. The, the clearly the fucking phone app isn't isn't what people want. Um, 
so I don't know exactly what this Xbox Live service could be. I think what it ultimately, whether this is what they mean right now, I think what the ultimate plan is Microsoft has the xCloud, which is their version of the Google streaming thing. Mm-hmm. And I know that they want a future where you can stream your Xbox games onto your PC, onto your iPad, onto your phone, and I'm assuming they also want to do that with the Switch. In my opinion, that would be the smartest thing Microsoft could do. Why make a portable system when we can just use Nintendo's? Because however they work it out, it would be a way where they would still have to be, like, it would be a way where you would have to be paying Microsoft in some way to use the service and play their games. Right. So it's not like Nintendo, it's not like Microsoft's not making money off of that. It's also going to open up Microsoft's IPs to people who may not own Xboxes at any point, but own Nintendo products. So your ability to reach into someone else's audience and give them your games could potentially result in you know what? Like, I really like this game. I really like this. Maybe I'm also going to buy an Xbox instead of a PlayStation. Maybe if I have this service and the way that they operate it is similar to how they do... What, what is their thing now? Just Play Anywhere? Like, if you have a Windows PC? Oh, yeah. I think it's yeah. I think it's called Windows Play Anywhere or something like that. So if it works in that way, where it's like I can have all of my stuff current, where it's like I'm at home playing on my Xbox, playing Halo infinite when it comes out but i want to keep playing the story and i'm going on a trip okay it's just synced up to my fucking switch and now i'm taking it out there it's just more inter integration it's just more more of a reason to stay in these two ecosystems and not a playstation right yeah so i think it could be the the precursor to something like that coming so i saw some people say that it might be like Microsoft might be just trying to, to take over Nintendo's online situation for them. I don't think it's that. I mean, I wouldn't hate that if I started getting achievements in, like, Smash tied to my fucking Xbox. Xbox. Like, I wouldn't hate that. That'd be fine with me. I know that in Minecraft, if you have an Xbox account and you link it to your Minecraft account or whatever on your Switch, like, you can unlock achievements on your Switch that get tied to your xbox account which is kind of cool that's pretty nifty um so i i wouldn't be upset about something like that i don't think that's what it is though but i did see a good theory that i did not come up with and i don't remember where i saw it but i wouldn't be surprised if this was also part of it which was nintendo and microsoft are trying to work out deals or situations where maybe there is an n64 classic coming and they're like hey microsoft we need these rare games to be on this platform, this thing we're going to do. Maybe part of that plan is, okay, well, we want to expand our Xbox Live presence, so we want to be able to put it on the Switch. It could be a part of that conversation. Mm-hmm. Or it could be a part of the conversation of, hey, we want to put Banjo and Smash. Okay, well, we also want to do this. You know what I mean? Like, There's all these other things that could be affecting it. What the service actually boils down into being I don't know. I I think it's I think whatever it is, it's going to be bare bones for now. With the goal of probably trying to get to the point of this is the precursor to the X Cloud coming to all these platforms where we can stream our games here, which would ultimately be fucking awesome for people who have a Switch. Yeah, like fantastic. And if you could run it on your phone, I don't, I wouldn't want to do that, but that would be fucking cool. I'm sure you could pair a Bluetooth controller to your phone. Yeah. So, um, that would all be cool. Before we wrap things up, episode 128, um, this episode of the podcast is sponsored by our good friends at Goodnight Fatty. If you're in the Salem, Massachusetts area on a Friday or Saturday night from 7 to 11, make sure to head on down to Higginson Square and get yourself a delicious fatty. And if you're unaware of what a fatty is, you can check them out on social media at Goodnight Fatty and educate yourself on these tasty, tasty treats. And, uh, I didn't go to Goodnight Fatty this week or last week. Did you go? 
No, I don't have. I didn't have a car. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, how's your new car running? I didn't drive it. What did you fucking drive here? Took my mom's car. Oh. Oh, because it's still uninsured. It's still uninsured, and I didn't. I didn't finish putting my license plate on it. Is it new, or is it used, or? It's certified pretty old. I. Whenever I get my next car, mm-hmm. I will probably get that certified pre-owned. Because yep. when I bought my Mazda, it was certified pre-owned. Never had a fucking issue. My fucking Hyundai, brand new. I want to kill myself. I don't know what I'm going to do when I finally pay it off. Like, I, it would be really nice to not have a car payment. True. But I don't know how long I can keep that car. Because like, I'll probably have it paid off at the end of this year. Can you... In this current state, could you trade it in towards something else? I don't know how. I don't know how car. This is the second car I've had. Uh, Out of my four cars, this is the second car I had to purchase. And the first car I had to purchase, I'm still not even sure how that worked out for me. Yeah, I just. I hate dealing with car dealerships. It's a fucking. Like, it's just such a weird, shady. It's just. Yeah. It's. I fucking hate it so much. Like, when I traded it. When I bought this car, I traded in my. I basically. When I went to buy this car, I was like, listen. I want to buy a car here. I want to buy, hopefully, this car, but I'm not giving you money up front. Like, I'm not giving you a down payment. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I will trade in this car, and that's my down payment. And it just, it, I fucking hate car dealerships. It's just yeah. a fucking pain in the ass. I have looked into this car and trading it in now while I still don't own it. The problem is, is that the interest rate that I have on my loans is fucking bonkers high. Mm-hmm. And if I were to trade it in, it would just be like the money that this owes would get rolled over onto yeah. that. And it would just be like, do I really want to fucking do that to myself right now? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ride it out as long as I can and uh, see, see where we're at once I own the car myself and uh, hopefully be able to transition that into something that I actually do enjoy driving. Something that has maybe four doors. Yeah. Although, to be honest, I thought to myself, like, I could get away with the coupe because I don't fucking do anything. I don't need a... You could definitely get away with the coupe. I could coupe. get away with the coupe. For some reason, I thought I could get away with the coupe. And I, I mean, <laughs> you for the most have, part, I can. You could have before your current job. My current job makes it much more difficult. But I still, for the most part, like, there's not a lot of scenarios where there's, like, more than two people in my car. Mm-hmm. Like, most of the time, it's just me and you is fine. Yeah. Or if, like just me and Jen is fine. Like, like there's not a lot of scenarios where it's like packed packed house. Um, I don't know why did we start talking about cars? Uh, because you had said you didn't go to Goodnight Fight and I said oh I yeah because I wasn't here or anything. So I don't even know what their past two weekends of cookies were like. I don't know. Um, but the last thing I want to bring up before we we roll on out of here is uh some Patreon questions. Oh, which you can ask us some questions to be answered on the show if you are a member of our Patreon, which you can do that by going to patreon.com slash pass the controller. Help support the show. Help to keep the lights on, keep the mics on, and us keep growing the brand. And uh, this week's question comes from Sapphire Jade, uh-huh. big friend of the show. Mm-hmm. And she asks, you now live on the current Fortnite island. In which location do you choose to reside? I can pull up the map because it, it is different. It is. I'm sure it's very different. Um, I mean, I, I think I might have mine, but uh, we'll, we'll pull up the current map. That's definitely not the current map. Uh, this should be the one. With no names? How do you even get the map with no names? Um, okay, hold on. I probably should have pulled this map up earlier. Yeah, you're like, oh, this is a good question. Uh, keep this for later. Fucking get a good version of that. Come on, IGN. You got me? All right, so I have the map, but it doesn't have the names. But I can I can pretty much name everything. Okay. So it, uh, so you got, like, Frosty Flights down here, mm-hmm. and that's Happy Hamlet, yep. Shifty Shafts, right. uh, Peak something, gla- mm-hmm. the, the peak area, the castle. Have you landed there before? Uh, I think one time I played with you guys, I might have landed there. Um, okay, maybe I can't do this. <laughs> Scroll down, because it looks like the, the names are down there. No. Oh. No, they talked about, like, what's gone and stuff. I mean, there's got to be a map that has the fucking names on it. How How is there not? Fortnite map, season 7. Okay, that has Polar Peak, so I knew it was Peak something. Uh, but that's not all the fucking things, though. 
why won't it just let me I, I don't know Mike I don't tell you I don't know why this is like this all right well I'll tell you this much I'm not gonna live in a place that's covered in snow all the time yeah that's probably a bad call I'm also not gonna live in a desert place either so all right so we got we did the snow ones uh, so why don't we just skip the snow ones since you don't want to live in those yeah. you got lucky landing you got salty springs you got the uh, the farm one I forget what it's called you got um, oh, paradise, paradise palms yeah. um, I think this is all just considered paradise I don't think there's a second named area in the, in the desert mm. uh, this is lonely lodge weepy willows not wailing woods retail row mm. uh, dusty divot right. loot lake Pizza Town, which is now Tomato Temple, the Golf Course, Lazy Links, this is the Block, uh, Pleasant Park, Haunted Mansion area, Haunted Hills, uh, Junkyard, Scrab Zone, fucking place, okay. and Tilted. Tilted. That should be everything for that the most part. So outside uh, of the snow ones that we already talked about. Let's see. So the snow ones, I'm ruling out. Uh, Paradise Palms, I'm ruling out just because, like I said, desert area. I don't really care for that. Yeah. Uh. So I think I'd be leaning towards. Wasn't there like a mansion on the outskirts of one of these? Like uh, it was... yes, it's somewhere over here near Lonely Lodge. I think it might actually be this spot right here. Okay, so maybe there, maybe Pleasant. So I just want to warn you though: in the current state of the map, the mansion is all fucked up. So oh. I mean, I don't know if you're trying to like renovate shit or something. I am definitely not. I mean, if you want like the most like still intact houses, you probably want to go to either Pleasant Listen. or Salty Springs. Yeah. I think those are the only ones that have, like, intact buildings mm-hmm. still. Or I guess Tilted, too. Tilted, too. But, but Tilted's going to be bonkers. Gonna be Everyone's going to want to live at Tilted. Uh, I'd have to see what the current Tomato Temple looks like, because that sounds like fun. I don't know if there's any... I don't think there's any... It's literally, like, like it looks like an Aztec temple. Like, it's oh. like a... Not a pyramid, but, like, a pyramid shape with, like, stairs, and it's, mm-hmm. like, everything's stone. Yeah. I don't... I mean, you could live there. You'd probably need, like, a loincloth or something, though. I, I feel like if I'm living there, I'm not required to follow any sort of dress code. Like, this is my house. If anything, you guys need to conform to what I wish. So, I mean, is that where, is that where you want? Yeah, yeah, I suppose... Um, I'm probably not going to go to the temple. I'm, 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 in, uh, I'm debating. Like, part of me wants to go Actually, I, I, I might even go to the fucking spooky spooky corner haunted hills haunted hills yeah yeah there's a place for me to like crash mike that's that's fucking bold yeah. is snobby shore still here i think snobby shores is in the snow though but oh. snobby shores is there actually i also kind of like lucky landing lucky landing is not bad mm-hmm. happy hamlet is actually fucking awesome it's in the snow but it's like great it's actually i don't land there enough it's like one of my favorite spots to land I think uh, it's a point to explore that map someday. I part of me wants to say retail because it's like you know what I want to be able to shop. Yeah, I want to be able to just like hit, hit up the fucking quick, mm-hmm. hit the shops real quick. Um, but part of me also wants to choose the block because mm-hmm. I still don't know the time for each rotation, but it changes. So it's like I have to keep it fresh. You know, some days I'm living in a giant fucking pyramid. Some days I'm living in you know fucking. Place with all these bouncy floors. Maybe I don't want to live there. Yeah, it sounds miserable. I think, I think, uh, I think retail might be my spot. Maybe. What is the name of the farm place? It's something Acres. Is it Acres? Uh, there is something called something Acres. Yeah, it's under salty. It's the farm. I forget what it's yeah, called. Yeah, it's called. Uh, I think it had like a very unpleasant first word. I can't remember. Um, I would love to say Loot Lake, but the current state of Loot Lake is like you can't live there. Also, I just I don't want to live in a house in the middle of a lake. Like that's scary to me. How I mean, get off that lake. There is the houses on the well, not really houses, but there's the buildings on the docks, and then there's like the the building on the side that Dom used to always go to first, mm-hmm. which is a house, I guess. Um, that building with the with the dance floor in it. That's part of the dock buildings. There was like, remember, remember when we used to all land there? Dom would usually land either at the satellite island, yeah, or the there was a building across right there. Mm-hmm. That one's a house. Hmm. I guess I could make do and no, Pleasant would be too hot for me. I don't like to sweat. I'm a, I don't like to be a sweaty guy. No, you don't. 
I guess I guess I'll go with retail because I, I do like to shop from time to time. Always got to shop. Got to be able to got to be able to you know take a stroll and just window shop. Who doesn't like the window shop? Um, we do have some more Patreon questions, but we are gonna save those for another episode. And uh, as always, you can find us on the internet at pastthecontroller.io on Twitter and on Instagram at pastcontroller on Twitch at twitch.tv slash pastcontroller and if you want to support the show easiest way to do that the freest way to do that is to share the show on social media and leave us a review on iTunes even if you don't listen to the show on iTunes if you quickly hop on there throw us a 5 to star review say something nice it really helps us grow the show it helps us pop up in more algorithms on iTunes and it really makes the show more discoverable for new fans and uh you know we're just going to continue to try to keep growing the show. So helping us do that is really beneficial to helping us grow the show. If you have some couple of bucks hanging around, you want to support us monetarily, a few ways you can do that. You can uh, subscribe to us on Twitch, or if you have Amazon Prime, you can throw us a free sub. It doesn't cost you anything. It's already included in your Amazon Prime, uh, but you can throw us a free sub, which does help us. Or you could... Uh, Go on to our Patreon at patreon.com slash pastthecontroller and become a patron. There's a few different levels there offering different rewards and perks. One of those giving you the ability to ask us specific questions on the show like Sapphire J did this week. Uh, or you could buy something from our shop at pastthecontroller.threadless.com or pastthecontroller.io slash shop and support us by wearing something cool, taking pictures on social media, and of course, we get a cut of that money. Uh, but yeah. That's pretty much all I got. You can find me at Groom, and you can find this guy at underscore Michael Path. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Past Controller Podcast, episode 128.